Bev and I are big fans of checklists and continue to better plan ahead for each season change on our farms. That's why we want to encourage you to start thinking about how you may need to keep your farm animals cozy in colder weather, especially in emergency situations. Sweeter heaters are infrared radiant heat panels that use a carbon heating element instead of bulbs. There's a built-in snap action cutout that'll turn the unit off automatically in case of an accident and the heater lands face down where heat isn't allowed to escape. It will not reach the flash point of setting bedding on fire, which is always a concern with heat lamps. Sweeter heater is also fully sealed, which means easy and safe cleaning, and the product is backed by a three-year warranty. Sweeter heater products are not just for the farm. They can be found in animal rescues, veterinarian clinics, and hospitals, and major zoos. So go to SweeterHeater.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's SweeterHeater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking? I just opened a Jackie O's Cool Beans. Ooh, is it coffee related? It is. It's a coffee Ooh. ale. And Yum. it's a really, really good one. Um, but I mostly picked it out because the can has a goat on it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Two of our favorite things, coffee and goats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What'd you open over there? So I opened a Bell's Sparkleberry, which is a raspberry Belgian style ale, and it is a tripel. Ooh. <laughs> so, I, and it's one of those tall cans too. Uh, so I just poured half of it into my glass, not the whole thing, because, you know, I still have to do chores after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's 9%. <laughs> oh, those are always interesting. <laughs> yes. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Katie. She's at Sticky Holler Farm over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that we're hoping we can help you make less traumatizing for everyone involved. Yes. <laughs> and that is how do you prep for a farm sitter? Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that we haven't really talked about this I know. before now, um, because we've both definitely traveled yeah. since starting the podcast. But I think it takes time to like get your system down and figure uh-huh. out what works and doesn't work. So maybe it's better that we waited this long because now I feel kind of <laughs> pro at it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is a trial and error type thing, and I think what we'll talk today will probably work for eighty percent of what your farm will need but obviously everybody's got that 20 percent difference um so take this with a grain of salt it may or may not fit your farm especially if you have different animals or depending on the level of experience your farm sitter has 
<laughs> That's true, because that totally depends uh, yeah. <laughs> on what you're going to leave them with. Because I don't know about you, but so one thing I've noticed is um, we noticed this when we started having babysitters for kids first. But like there is no such thing as like a free sitter. <laughs> like you always pay in one way or another. Like it's yes. either you're like paying with money or like because it's you know like friends or family it and has like that relationship like it can be hard to like leave really clear instructions mm -hmm. for them so that everything's like done the way that you really need it to be right, right. <laughs> so that's kind of how uh i've been working on it to like kind of perfect that uh because it's definitely gotten like way way better since it started going through this method <laughs> <laughs> all right so today we're going to not only talk about preparing the person that is farm sitting, but also preparing yourself, um, which I think I definitely forgot to prepare myself the first time or two. <laughs> yeah, because you don't really think about it, right? Right. Because you think that you're, you already, like, you're the person that booked this vacation or this trip or whatever it is that you have to go on, whether it's for work or fun. Um, so you don't think that you're going to need any preparation. But this is the place that you live and work and do all sorts of things. And you're responsible for a lot of animals. So mentally preparing yourself is really important because if you don't go through like the steps that your brain needs to leave and feel like everything is handled, you might end up with one of those like open worry loops. Like, have you ever had that where you've left and suddenly you're like, oh, I feel like I didn't latch the gate yeah. or yeah. I didn't refill this water. And I've legitimately done that almost every time we've left the farm <laughs> until this most recent one when I started actually like putting together <laughs> the things that I needed to do because I think it was just my anxiety like yeah. telling me that I couldn't have fun <laughs> basically yeah so I had legitimately like called people and been like hey can you go to my house really quick and go make sure I didn't leave the duck water on like I thought I had left the hose in the in the pool oh, and no. left the water on yeah oh, no. and I had been gone for like an hour so I was like if I really did leave it on there's gonna be a flood over there but it's not the end of the world at least I sent somebody over there now but yeah <laughs> the ducks will be thrilled but oh yeah <laughs> but it'll be terrible Yes. So, yes, this is about being kind to yourself. Um, so the best thing you can do for yourself is make a checklist. And we recommend one that's like written down, either if that's in your phone or on paper, because a mental checklist only works so well. And I know that I feel really happy when I can cross things off a list. I think I get that from my mom because she always writes down a list on the kitchen table and crosses things off. So I think that's where I get it from. <laughs> We're both at huge fans of checklists, yes. obviously. Yes. And yes, this is exactly what I do too, is I create a checklist. And I always start it a few days before I'm going to leave because I can't think of everything that really needs to be done before I go like in one moment. So sometimes I'll be like cooking dinner or showering or, you know, doing farm chores or whatever. And suddenly I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to do that thing before I go. That'll make my trip so much better if I can do that. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I tend to do too um, is start like a draft on my notepad and my phone um, and kind of walk around and have it handy while I'm doing chores to keep an active high level list of everything 
that I need to do before I go or everything I need to remember to add like the person watching the farm to their checklist. Um, cause I, I think muscle memory is a big thing for me too. So if I'm walking it out, I'm going to type it out and I won't forget it. Um, but yeah, definitely starting a few days ahead of time because you, I know I don't do the same exact thing every day for choice either. Like some things only have to be done every few days. So definitely smart to start a few days before. Yeah. And some things that you might need to put on that before you go checklist might be like topping off your chicken feeders and waters or rotating where pasture animals are at. Or maybe you want to label all of your animals feed and pre-measure it for the person getting de-icers ready if it's going to be cold. Like there are all sorts of things that like might have to be done for your farm to prep it for a sitter. Because one of the other things you're going to want to do depending on the experience of your sitter is you kind of want to make it as easy for them as possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, even if you're paying them, you want it to be easy for them. Because A, if you have a really good farm sitter, you want them to come back. Yes. But B, <laughs> you just don't want to worry about it while you're gone. Like, mm-hmm. if your instructions aren't clear or you didn't get, you know, some of the stuff prepped that they weren't going to be able to really do for you because, you know, they just they don't live at your farm. So they're not going to be able to find stuff if it's in the back of your garage or, you know, under a giant pile of boxes. (laughs) Right, exactly. So after you write down everything on your checklist and check it twice or three times, um, you want to look at your schedule and cross off the things you know you don't have time for because we're always going to not, like, it's impossible, nearly impossible to get to every single idyllic thing that you would like to do before you walk out the door for your vacation. Um. So it's important to realize, like, you have to be realistic with yourself. And sometimes, depending on who your audience is, whoever your farm sitter is, some things might be fine and some things might not. So it's time to, like, prioritize what you really need to get done. And then what are your nice-to-haves? Yeah, I'm really bad at being really optimistic with my time. Like, I always think that things take less time than they really do. So while I'm making my lists and like my schedule, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can totally knock that out in 30 minutes, like two hours later. (laughs) I'm like, oh, wait, maybe the chicken coop doesn't actually have to be cleaned before I go. (laughs) Right. Or could you just get away with like putting a fresh layer of, you know, of hay or not hay straw or shavings down to kind of you know make it look a little nicer without the hassle of cleaning the whole thing out so <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and, and I'm innately really good at knowing how long things are gonna take too so sometimes that's a really bad thing because when I know how long something's gonna take and I see a list that's really long and I feel like I need to do it all I can get really bad anxiety over that there's not enough time in the day to do it And I still have to do these 30 other things. And I know exactly how long those things are going to take. So I have like the opposite problem of Bev. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and one of the things about the problem you have is, so this happens to me when I know how long something is actually going to take. I'll get overwhelmed and I won't really know where to start. Yeah. Because I like, I've already decided that I know that I don't have enough time. So sometimes I'll do nothing instead of just doing some of the small things. <laughs> and I actually have some advice for that time. When that happens, do something small. Because yes. if you get started, sometimes that can break you out of that like 
worry cycle in your head of like, oh, I'm not going to get all this done. So like, what do I do? Like, just do something small. And yeah. then you can start moving forward. Because once you start moving your hands and feet, it becomes a natural progression to just like keep going. Plus the checking off of the boxes is just, I don't know, I find it very mentally soothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you my can, brain loves it. You can you can take your list and break it down. So if you have like something like clean the chicken coop, you can break that down into bullet points of like remove litter from floor, review remove litter from nesting boxes, like put down for Saturday line, like and then maybe from there if it's still too much, you can decide like well scrap that. This is gonna take too long. But like you said, starting is important because I used to get really overwhelmed when I was younger and had to clean my room, like deep clean, like clean out the junk drawers and things like that. And I'd be surrounded by the junk drawers. And my mom would come in my room and I'd just be sitting there surrounded, like looking completely helpless. And I didn't start a damn thing. And she'd be like, start here. (laughs) And then it would be (laughs) fine. So that advice absolutely works. And I used that today, actually. I planted all my garlic finally. I'm like super late, but I've been staring at it for like two weeks because I knew I needed to plant the garlic. So then this morning I was like, all right, I'm going to plant the garlic today. What has to be done to plant the garlic? And I was like, break the garlic bulbs up, prep the bed for planting, plant garlic, you know, mulch in. And I was, I was able to like follow all the steps and get it done because I broke it down like that. Whereas when the instruction was just plant garlic, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So and one last thing that we'll say about this checklist for right before you go is one of the nice things about having it is you can reference it later if while you're on your trip, you suddenly have one of those, did I do this thing before I left? Like, you know whether you did or not because you have your checklist of things you were going to do. So that (laughs) will help you decide, like, do I need to call the farm sitter and have them do it? Or did I already do it so I can relax and just have a good time? Yes. So that's why we suggest that you physically write these things down, whether it's in your phone or on your laptop, like on an Excel doc or like physically write it down. Um, and then if you if it's something like on your phone, you can take it with you and do that double check, too. So um, that's an idea as well. If, if you really have some serious uh, anxiety <laughs> issues like we do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're in good company. Yes. The holiday season is upon us, and it's super easy to forget the basic things like making sure your flock has their grublies on tap for their grublies happy hours, and they're not about to run out. But Grubly Farms has you covered. They have a subscription program that allows you to have full control on when you schedule your refills. You save 10% every time. They always ship for free, and if you need to skip or cancel, you can do that too quickly and easily. So never run out of the farm-grown, oven-dried chicken snacks that give your chickens an extra boost of calcium and protein to get them through their molt and promote stronger eggshells. You can use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. If you opt for the subscription option, you can use the code to get 15% off your first order, and then the next subscription orders will be 10% off. All right, now it's time to prep your farm sitter. So now that your brain is in a very happy place, let's tell you what we like to do to get our farm sitters feeling confident in what they're about to do. Spoiler alert, it's a checklist. Yay! Checklist (laughs) galore! (laughs) So I always start by writing down everything that I do for my chores, both AM and PM, because it's different 
depending, you know, AM and PM is different because, you know, in, out, like you want to make sure that you have all of those things clear because the number one theme that you'll see in this is like clarity, 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 being clear, you know, writing things down. And um, one of the things that I always do too is I write them down like right after I've done the chores. So that way I'm not just like, you know, writing down my fantasy chore list. (laughs) It's like the one that I actually just did. (laughs) (laughs) So what I like to do is I save a Word doc on my computer. Um, So we don't leave a lot. But when we do, generally, um, the chores don't deviate that much. So um, when we're about to go on vacation, I just open that up and take a look at it and update it based on the animals we have now. Um, So I don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time I need it. And it kind of is just something I can open up and look at a few times before we go on vacation. That's so smart because sometimes I have found myself making it each time. And I was like, wait, I have technology. Why am I doing this? So now it's a Google Doc. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So then after I've made my checklist, uh, I always take a look at it. Um, after, so what I'll do is I have the checklist, it's done. The next day I do the chores and then I check my checklist after I've done my chores again to make sure like I didn't leave anything off or did I have one of those like fantasy chore like moments where I thought this was something that I should be doing, but I don't. And I wrote it down because <laughs> in a perfect world, it would get done every day. And I'm like, no, wait, that doesn't need to be on there because that's not something that actually gets done around here. <laughs> so I'll take those things off. Um, and then uh, I always check feed instructions too to make sure that I actually wrote down the feed instructions for each animal that I have on the farm um, because that's one of the most important parts is making sure everybody gets fed and everybody gets fed properly. Yes, that's that's really important too because um, we just have like a little scooper that we use for the goats and now like with the goats um, Sunday through Tuesday, I should say Sunday through Wednesday morning. They get grain that has ammonium chloride in it. But, you know, Wednesday night through uh, Saturday, they get a different mix of um, Timothy hay pellets, rolled oats. And sometimes we sprinkle a little sweet feed in there as as well, just to keep it a little exciting. So being able to do like feeding and measurement types for days and different times of the day is really important to... Um, make that extremely clear for your pet sitter, farm sitter, um, especially depending on the number and variety of animals you have. Yeah, because like you wouldn't want them to accidentally feed the goat feed, you know, like to donkeys. Because like I have donkeys here. Like goat feed could be really bad for donkeys. So in fact, one of the things that I always do for my farm sitters is I pre-measure everything into quart jars and then I label them. So like they'll have a piece of painter's tape on it and it'll say like goats AM, goats PM or donkeys AM so that they can just like grab the jar that they need and dump it in. Because we have few enough animals that court jars are big enough. <laughs> but if you have like a giant herd, like obviously that would be really hard. But like gallon Ziploc bags would probably do it or like, you know, recycled grocery bags. You could use that if you have lots of feed. So then you know, they just grab, you know, AM on Tuesday and they Mm -hmm. know that they're feeding the right thing to the right animal. Right. 
So, and something else you'll want to do is you want to make sure that there's a copy of each checklist for every day that you're gone. Um, and the reason I say this is because I have given checklists, but just the one. And then when I got back, I realized that it wasn't really used. It was just left on the kitchen counter in the same place where I left it. <laughs> but when you give one for each day and for each like instance that they're going to be doing it, then they understand that it's like intended to be used because then you know nothing will get missed and everything gets done. <laughs> I agree with that, by the way. I usually just do the one checklist thing. And if that person too likes to cross things off... <laughs> <laughs> it becomes quite challenging if they don't know how to boot up your computer and print off a new one. That's true. Well, and you know, sometimes they'll think that they like know how to do it because they did it once. But honestly, the things that happen on my farm every day, even though it only takes me like 15 or 20 minutes morning and night, it's a lot for one person to remember. So yeah. they can't possibly remember it because sometimes I forget. Like if I do something out of order, I like stop and I'm like, wait what do I do next? Yeah. So yeah. like having a flow of events and a checklist is super important. <laughs> right. And some days because of the feeding is a little different for the goats. I have to be like, what day is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, also another thing that is wise to do, um, especially depending on the time of the year, probably. So if it's summer or if it's, you know, um, winter, this could vary how much you have to put into this section, but you want to set expectations for anything that they'll be gathering or harvesting. So like if you have a set amount of chickens, um, how many eggs should they find in a day? Um, do they need to look for broody hens or is that they're like the weirdo hen that likes to lay an egg on the run ramp or in the case of one of my chickens likes to fly up to the haymow and hang out and hatch eggs. Like depending on how long you're going to be gone, you might need to, you know, let them know some of those weird things about your farm that they need to check for. Yeah. And I always try to let them know how much milk uh, they should expect to get if they're milking an animal. And I'll tell you why um, that's been added to my list. So uh, we've only gone, we only left town once since the since the goats have been milking, or I guess just honks. I don't have multiple goats that are milking, just honks is milking. Um, but I had just like, you know, uh, casually said, oh, yeah, you'll probably get about two cups of milk. But, you know, if you're finding that taking care of the kids and taking care of the animals is just like kind of a lot, you can leave talks with the babies and they'll nurse for you and that'll totally be fine. Well, when I got back, they were like, oh, you know, I only milked the one day and just left her with the babies for all the rest of them because on the first day, I only got a cup and a half and that didn't seem like it was worth it. Like that was not enough milk for all that work. And I was like, oh, that's actually really close to what she gives. So like that was right. But they didn't know that. (laughs) So they thought like, oh, that I must not have done it right. Or, you know, or it just wasn't good. So like, I'm not going to bother doing it the rest of the time. And so I realized, oh, I need to like make sure that I write it down how much they get so that they know if it was the right amount. And then also, like a few tips for if they didn't get the amount that they should have like you know massage her udder while the machine is pulsing like that'll help get more milk out just like little stuff i wouldn't you know like write a novel about it but a couple of tips are probably always appreciated (laughs) right right especially if they're not familiar with that breed of animal and and what they should be producing 
you know, like with a Jersey cow, you're probably going to get four to five gallons of milk in the morning (laughs) and then again at night. So, yeah, a cup and a half probably seems like a lot of work out of a little goat that probably doesn't always want to cooperate, especially if it's a stranger playing with her teats. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So I totally get where they might be coming from. I know. Yeah, I totally understood it too. But I was like, oh, I was like, I wasn't clear enough in my instructions that that was totally fine. I mean, I didn't mind because I had told her if she didn't want to milk, she could just leave them with the babies. But like at the end, I was like, oh, well, maybe she wanted to milk, but she just was worried she didn't do it right since she got mm-hmm. so little. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I always leave instructions for if there's something that's harvestable out of the garden. So I like will tell them where to find the thing that is ready to be harvested and what it looks like and, you know, like describe all that stuff just so they don't accidentally pull up any plants out of my garden that weren't ready or that I don't want them to harvest from. Because, like, you work really hard on your garden. You want to make sure that it doesn't accidentally get messed up by somebody that's being (laughs) well-intentioned. Right, exactly. And it's also important to make a note for the animals that they aren't responsible for so they know that they don't have to worry about it and they don't have that panic moment of, oh my God, it's not on my list. Yeah, and actually one of the things that made me think of this is that, uh, so my in-laws watch uh, our farm and the kids a lot. And so the kids are here and they're responsible for their individual chicken coops. Well, so I didn't leave instructions for the chickens. And when we got back, the chickens were all free ranging. And I was like, <laughs> why are the chickens free ranging? And they were like, oh, well, you know, one of the kids slept in. So we just let them out like while we were out doing the chores. And I was like, chickens haven't free ranged in like six months. <laughs> 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 so I like, gathered everybody back up and put them together. And I was like, oh, I didn't tell them that they didn't have to worry about the chickens. I just assumed that the kids would be clear about what needed to be done with them. And if something was done wrong, you know, like they would fix it. But nope, they didn't think to do it either. (laughs) (laughs) So I felt kind of bad because I think I was a little mad about it at first. And I was like, oh, well, I totally see why that happened. Mm -hmm. I wasn't clear in my instructions. I didn't say anything about the chickens. I left them off. So it was all my fault. (laughs) Right. No, I think, too, it's just like anything else in life. When you're in the weeds and doing something every day, it's really easy to feel like something is common sense when it's really just not. It's just your routine that you're used to or or your knowledge set that you have um, based on your experience. So, yeah, it doesn't hurt to be overly specific in these checklists. Yeah, for sure. I always make sure and I write down the animals that don't need any care because like the cow doesn't need anything from them in the summer. (laughs) So I'm like, it feels weird to leave the cow alone, but leave the cow alone. (laughs) (laughs) He's fine. (laughs) Yes. He might look at you like he's not, but he's fine. Yeah, here's some treats. He might take them from you. Yeah. So just remember that it doesn't hurt to write these things down. It doesn't hurt for you to verbally say it to them as well. Um, Everybody kind of absorbs information a little bit differently. So telling them multiple times in different ways might come off annoying or you might feel like a nag, but you're going to feel better about it and and they're going to feel better too. And they're more likely to remember it if they're getting the information in a few different ways. That's so true. And be sure that you add some clear instructions for what you want them to do if there are any questions or they have any emergencies. Yes. 
Um, you want to make sure that they know if they should call you or if you, they need to call the vet, have that number ready for them to go. Um, and maybe there's certain things that they can just Google. Um, most of the time I feel like I don't mind if they just text me or call me if something weird is happening and then I can give them directions from there. But depending on if you're like out of the country or don't have great cell service, you might have to be a little more specific in your directions. Yeah, I never mind being bugged either, but I always feel like people are afraid to bug me when I'm on vacation. <laughs> but I'm like, no, 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 I'd rather you ask me because, you know, we've got several species of animals here. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I understand that, like, I've had years to build up to this and you just like got dropped in it in one day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... The other thing you want to do if you have the opportunity um, is have them shadow you once or twice so they're familiar with your setups and your animals. I like to do this because getting into the goat pen when I'm holding all of the containers of food to give them is kind of like an artful dance because sometimes they want to like shoot out past me in <laughs> from their gate and and wrangling a goat when your hands is full, are full is not fun. So showing them kind of what I do to sneak in there and then attempting not to trip over like 17 goats while distributing the food into the different feeders. Um, just kind of showing them how I move around the animals gives them the opportunity to feel a little more confident that they're not going to get tackled when they go in there. Yeah. And it's also important for them to see you like, you know, push an animal out of the way, like if they're blocking you from putting it in the feeder and stuff, because like sometimes people can feel a little shy about doing stuff like that because they don't handle your animals all the time. You're like, no, no, knock that little one out of the feeder. They always get in the way and they can't pour it. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be fine. They're very resilient animals. (laughs) They are. They bounce and jump. Yes. And this will also give you an opportunity um, to let them ask questions like after they've watched you, because mm-hmm. chances are if they don't live on a farm or do any farm chores daily, they might come up with some questions that you hadn't even thought of because of that whole knowledge gap thing. Yeah, for sure. And we probably missed something in the checklist just in general. <laughs> There might have to be a last minute write in. (laughs) Totally. Luckily, Google Docs is easy to update. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So, if you have any tips that you want to share with us about what you do to prepare for farm sitters, please post them in our Facebook group, uh, We Drink and We Farm Things. Or you can email those to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com and we'll either put them in a mini-sode or do it as a follow-up in our next main episode. Yeah, so that's it for our farm sitter section. We hope yeah. that you found that helpful. I always find going through all of this helpful for me too because it's a good reminder to like follow the process. Right. And it actually makes me feel like I'm not a total weirdo because you go through a lot of the same thought processes that I do when yeah. I'm preparing for it. <laughs> because like, like I won't lie, guys. I think I've said this before. Like when I went to coop camp, as I pulled out of the driveway, I cried because I was leaving my animals. <laughs> so <laughs> there's mental preparation that goes along with the physical 
Um, because like I was leaving them with my husband who helps me take care of them every single day, (laughs) but he does it a little differently than I do. So, and that's okay. They'll be fine. But like when it's somebody that is not there every day, like it can be a little bit harder too. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and it's funny, my husband helps every day for part of it, but the part that he doesn't do he has no idea. <laughs> so, like, I have to show him and, like, walk him through it, too, because I'm constantly changing things also because, like, I'll do something one way and I'm like, this isn't working. This is a mess. I'm going to do this differently. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if he watched me do it two weeks ago, it might be different now. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt has patience for certain things that I don't. Like, if we're mm-hmm. running both of the hoses at the same time, it slows them both down. So why wouldn't you just run one at a time? But he doesn't <laughs> care if it goes slower. So it's all, it's, it's a personality thing too, guys. So <laughs> so it doesn't I love hurt it. to leave them little notes too, just in case. Yes. <laughs> little post-it notes. <laughs> all right. So now we're going to go into We Can't Even Corner. So Bev... What can't you even about this week? So I can't even that on the same exact uh, session of flipping through my news. So my phone has like this Google News section. Uh It's just like look at it to see what's going on. It had one article about how fresh pumpkin puree was the only way to make a really good pumpkin pie. And then the article right below it said to never use fresh pumpkin and always use canned pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) So I got conflicting pumpkin pie advice in my own news feed. (laughs) It's all about how the media spins it. I mean, I'm sure there are pros and cons to both, but everybody has a preference. (laughs) There totally are pros and cons to both. And I actually, I read through both articles because I was curious. I was like, well, yeah. I almost always use fresh pumpkin just because I prefer it. And like I, I have access to fresh pumpkins around yeah. here from the Mennonites and the Amish. It's super easy and I love roasting pumpkin. So it's no big deal to me. So I was like, well, why would they say that canned is better? How can canned possibly be better? And it turns out what it's all about is it, it's about the moisture content of the puree. Oh, So canned pumpkin has a consistent moisture content and the recipes on the back of the pumpkin cans are designed to work with whatever the standard moisture amount is inside that brand's, you know, like can of pumpkin puree. Whereas when you're roasting a pumpkin and you're pureeing it, like it may or may not have X amount of hydration you know based on when you picked it or how old it is or like there's so many things that can go into how hydrated a pumpkin pie puree is so one of the tips that I have to share that I got was if you're gonna use fresh pumpkin for your baking recipes then you can put it in some cheesecloth and just hang it overnight like you would cheese like when you're making goat cheese Mm -hmm. And it'll drain off the excess water. So you'll have like a more packed and condensed uh, pumpkin puree. Nice. So there you have it. There we go. Because I did always notice that mine was always a little more watery. And when you're baking, like it's all science. So it's got to have the right hydration in order to set up right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when you're making like soups and stuff, it doesn't matter. You don't got to drain it. Like just add less chicken stock or whatever. (laughs) Well, there you go. So what is your can't even this week? 
So mine is kind of some bad news. Oh, no. So mine is from a New York Post article. Um, and it's from yesterday. So that, w- that would be 11-11. So Wednesday. Uh, so it's pretty late breaking news. Uh, the title says, Great tits could be wiped out by climate change in near future. Great tits? Great tits. What? Um, they mean the birds, dirtbags. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunately named great tit has joined a long list of species that would soon disappear due to Earth's rapidly warming climate. So if the changes happen too fast, species can become extinct. I won't read the whole article, but it is kind of interesting. Um, But they do point out that uh, this scientist argues that warmer winters and resultant early springs prompt plants to leaf earlier, causing tree-eating larvae to to hatch ahead of time. And this can prove problematic to birds like the great tit that depend on the spring bug bounty when they're babies. So fortunately, some populations of great tits have learned to adapt to the untimely spring by simply hatching earlier, proving that the early bird does indeed get the worm. This behavior in turn could potentially be passed on to future generations. Um, But there is some conflicting uh, information as to whether that's like sustainable or not. So it looks like those great tits are sure trying to survive climate change, but, you know, it's kind of working against them a little bit. So we got to think about great tits when we're talking about (laughs) climate change, guys. It's super important. (laughs) And that's why I wanted to share it with you today. I'm so glad (laughs) that you shared that with me because great tits are one of my core values. (laughs) You need to tell your husband about this immediately. When you're done yes. recording, because I feel like he probably too appreciates great tits and <laughs> that he would know that this is very important. I mean, I don't know why the presidential candidates did not run on great tits as their platform. Great tits and climate change. I mean, come on. This is late news. It's November 11th. It's after the election. Maybe this information was dropped after the election on purpose. So what <laughs> its way one way or the other. But guys, great tits can unite us all. So (laughs) unity and healing. Yes. Those are some adorable little birds, though. If you've never seen one, they really are. And I remember the first time I looked one up because I've been I had been looking up birds by their call. Uh, when we moved here to Ohio because we didn't have as many birds. And I looked them up and I found them and I was like, what? There's a bird called Great Tits? (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. There is. And they're cute little birds. And they have a nice song. And I hope hope that they can adapt and overcome. I feel like if we were going to donate to a cause that was not really farm-related but nature-related, this would be it. The Great hmm. Tit Fund. Yeah, we'll have to think about how we could do that. Yeah. I'm sure some sort of shirt in the spring or something. Yeah, save the Great Tits. Yep. Yeah. I like it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed talking about Great Tits for a few minutes because it's super important to care about your tits. The great ones. Yes. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Make sure you guys send us your can't evens in the Facebook group or Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. 
So we can have a good giggle about those or a good outrage over them in our mini-sodes. Um, be sure and leave us a review. We read one Apple Podcast review every week here on the show. And if we read your review, you get put into a drawing for an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So do you want to read our review, Sam? I will do that. And I do want to point out, as of today, Thursday, November 12th, this is the last review we have to read. So between now and the next time we record, somebody else better leave a review for us to read and you'll have a chance to win that mug. So today's review starts off with the title of The Perfect Start to My Mornings. And it's from E. Nussbaum. Um, and she's actually at Nut Tree Farmhouse on Instagram. And she says, hey there, Bev. Hey there, Sam. I just wanted to let you both know how wonderful your podcast is. I have a 30-minute commute driving my kids to school in the morning. And once they are dropped off, it's like my own me time with my coffee and my girls, Bev and Sam, on our drive back to our little piece of paradise. I live on a small hobby farm in Ohio. Hi, Bev. Hi. <laughs> Raising chickens, a few little buns, bennies, and hope to bring geese into the mix next year. I truly appreciate all the valuable information, and you inspire me every time I listen. Keep the podcast coming, Erin. Thanks for that review, Erin. Yeah. That was super fun, and I'm so glad that we can help you wake up in the mornings and have your me time. Yes, for sure. Me time is important. It is. It's how we refuel ourselves. Yes. All right. Just a few housekeeping items. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram and your stories. Tag us at Drink and Farm. And if your account is private, be sure and just send us a screenshot of your share so that we know that it happened. And we'll give you a discount code that is good for our merch shop. And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we discuss, a survey to tell us how we were doing, all of our social media goodness, and our merch shop. So that's it, guys. So that's it. We hope you feel more empowered and prepared to go on a trip because it's super important to get away from the farm sometimes or your tiny little homestead or just your backyard flock and feel good about taking that break to re refresh, rejuvenate because... While we love this farming stuff, it can be very draining. And sometimes you need to step away for a few minutes so you don't go nuts and still love it. Yeah. And there's a big wide world out there to explore, too. Yeah. So don't hold yourself in your little corner and never see anything different. Because, like, home is where my heart is. But I do love to travel and yeah. explore. <laughs> yep. And don't forget the great tits. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. <laughs> Okay, guys, until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things. We have some important dates for my pet chicken that we need to crow from the rooftops for you. That's right. If you want to get your hands on some six-week-old pullets, you need to order those by November 17th. Tick, tick, tick. Yes. And if you want to order a few more chicks at the three-chick minimum, 
you'll need to do that by November 30th. Otherwise, you'll have to order a lot more chicks at once, which maybe that's not such a bad thing after all. <laughs> so head on over to mypetchicken.com slash drink and farm and order now. And while you're there, check out their wide range of chicken supplies, gifts, and decor.